We're on page 22. <clears throat> um, two lines on the top. And the end, near the end of the line. Just to recap what we did on page 21. See if base. We're saying that the idea of Hesachadas, diversion of attention from godliness, from Hashem, is not possible by Yid. But still the idea of Sheikha, forgetfulness. A person can forget where he is, that he's standing in such a holy place with the of the basic Knesset, the Shul, the place which is which is um, designated to pour out your soul for, before Hashem, like it says in the verse, a poor person, when his soul becomes weary, and he cries out to Hashem, we said that different levels of poorness, poor means something, only means something is chaser, missing something. It could be different things, it could be poor, not just in physical means, but also spiritually. A person can be poor because he's sick, he's missing in his health, or a person can be poor because he's Missing, he's not doesn't have any children, or his children are sick. Then a person could be literally poor; he doesn't have any uh, enough parnasa. Then there's an ani bedas, ain't ani elabedas. A person is a truly poor person is only when it is in his knowledge and his awareness that he's literally he's missing a mazin ruchni, a spiritual sustenance of Torah and avoda, divine service, and he has many spiritual ailments which afflict him, and therefore he has the wrong hashkafes, etc. And when it comes to yiddishkeit and it comes to the world. And somebody who's chaser, he's missing something, so then automatically, his soul becomes weary, and he has agmas nefesh, intense pain over his poorness, and whatever it be, he'd be missing, and therefore it causes him to cry out the intense bitterness from the depth of his heart, and to supplicate before Hashem, and to ask mercy on his soul. And it says about this holy place, the shul, also the mikdash, that the shul is a mokim yuchod, a designated place that Hashem listens pays attention to the tefillahs, the prayers, and to the supplications of the, those who are brokenhearted. And this person, not only, this person has a shikha, a forgetfulness of where he is, not only is he not paying attention to properly contemplate and deepen his mind in the great holiness of this place, which is designated for prayer, which is a mokim kodesh, which is a yuchad leizbarich. It's designated for Hashem, it's pouring out his soul. Not only is this person not up to this, not paying attention to this, and like the sages imply, that you have to have a a, a set place for Hashem to pour out your soul before Hashem. And when you set that place and Hashem helps you, now this person even more so, he has a kalas roish, a frivolousness, lightheadedness, to profane the holiness purposely, to have conversations during davening about other things which have nothing to do with davening. Not just uh, this is only can happen because of his college age, his lightness, lightheadedness, frivolousness, not taking things seriously enough. And his general theme of his tefillah, of this person's tefillah, not only is it not an idea of supplicating properly to Hashem, asking for Hashem's mercy, it's not an idea of a, a um, abakasha request from Hashem. Rather, his prayer is just like paying off his debts. Something that he doesn't want to do, it's just something he's forced to do. The whole tefillah by him is just a heavy yoke. He has to do it, so he davens. But he has no gishmak in his davening. On the contrary, it's very hard for him to daven. Like we see by the nature of people, that when somebody has to do something, just because he has to, the hechrich, because he must, it becomes a very heavy yoke on the person. So this such a type of prayer, obviously, it's not accepted by Hashem favorably, favorably, and adraba, etc. It's accepted. It's not accepted at all. The is pushed away. And even down here, meaning to the person's life, such a prayer, which is void of any real intention and void of any enthusiasm and contemplation um, true kavana it's just done out of rote and to, to, to get it over with such a prayer not only does not affect and good have a good effect on his fulfillment of Terry and the way he acts the rest of the day on Adrab it actually brings about a kridus a coldness and an indifference 
when it comes to anything of Torah mitzvahs in general, and especially about anything about godliness. Becomes totally indifferent and insensitive and totally cold to that. Because not only this person empty from any haskola, any intellectual contemplation, and he has no feeling for refined matters. On the contrary, because he didn't dive properly, therefore he didn't allow his soul to become expressed and expand within his body because it removed during the night and now tefillah in the mornings when you give the soul expression, becomes very miskashim, becomes very magushim, very, very, very coarse and physical. Becomes far grept. And the whole idea of godliness is very far, foreign, very far from him. And the general idea of ruchnius spirituality is very foreign because he becomes so coarse and then he becomes naturally drawn to coarseness, to coarse things. Opposite of somebody who is edel, who is refined, and has a natural draw, a natural tendency to be drawn to um, edelkite, to refineness and to spirituality. This person is grub in himself. He's very coarse. And his whole natural tendency is to be drawn to grubkite, to coarse things. And it doesn't mean that this person doesn't have the ability to grasp intellectual ideas, abstract ideas within his mind. Because we see that when it comes to worldly things, politics, business, etc., he, he's able to grasp things. And he, he, he's even able to come up with ideas, new novel ideas in his business, etc. Rather, the main reason here why he doesn't have this natural pull to godliness and to spirituality is because he doesn't want, he doesn't, any rates of his, he doesn't want it. He does not want at all to become more refined and to become more uplifted, higher and higher, connecting to Hashem more and more. That's where we ended off. Two lines on the top. Two lines on the top of page 22. What causes this great, intense descent of the person to go to come to such a level where he's totally indifferent and cold to anything godly and to terimitsis? And he doesn't want to grow and become more refined. It's all because of the reason of the lack of his of the of his lack of spiritual work put into prayer, which the true avaydatfila is when a person contemplates about the greatness of Hashem during davening and arouses within himself love and fear of Hashem. Which that is the Avedis Abelev, the, the Avedis Alev, the service of the heart, within the heart, through the heart. The time of Davinic explained earlier is the whole purpose is to work on your heart, to arouse within it feelings for Hashem. And this indifference to godliness and even the desire not to grow is all because of the person's lack of engagement, of toil in his spiritual service of prayer which really consists of this idea of his of contemplating the greatness of Hashem and of trying to arouse emotions for Hashem. And concerning this comes this request from Hashem, please unite our hearts to love and fear your name. Like we said in the beginning of the Mimer, which basically that the general taken of this request is to Bakasha that should be of a arousal of love and fear which is the whole ultimate purpose of the Avedi Shabalev, which is the, um, the service of the heart of prayer. So because a person is in such a state and can come to such a state where he becomes totally indifferent and cold to prayer and he lacks any true interest in the service of prayer, that is the this Bakasha that we say, this request, please unite our hearts to love and fear your name. We're going to explain more what that means in the next Sif. But, you need to say that when a certain time 
which is a, in whatever an infrequent time, he'll have, he'll experience a, a arousal of an inner feeling for Hashem, a tifer gefil, a deep feeling for godliness, for a connection to Hashem. May his aid and where does this this um, sudden feeling, this deep feeling, come to the person from his aid a arousal from a spirit from above. I mean, it's, it's a suda delay. It's something which is coming from above, a gift from above. All of a sudden, he feels a certain arousal and a deep feeling for godliness because he's become wakened up from from Hashem. Like the sages say, concerning this type of arousal which comes from above, there is no person which does not experience, which does not have his time. Meaning every person will have his time eventually. What does that mean? In a deeper sense, to Peter Shohuzman. So, the simple explanation of Shah is time. Every person will have his time, that he will shine, that he'll do something good, he'll be successful. Every person will experience a certain type of a success in his life. But a deeper explanation now, which will relate to what we're talking about here, this is Seder Mamaila, is Vechem Pirushay Hafana. So, too, Shah means also a turning. Rashi explains on the verse that to Kain and to his mincha offering, his meal offering, Hashem did not turn, Hashem did not turn to his offering to accept it favorably. So this is what it means. The person, there is no person who does not have a Shah. What does it mean, Shah? Every single person will experience a time where his heart turns. He'll have a Shah turning to godliness because of these because of this arousal from above, this special arousal that Hashem gives from above to wake a person up. Like we actually said earlier, that there's two times, two types of ways that a person can be woken up. Uh, that Hashem had said, Hashem plans different ways to make sure that a person should not be eternally pushed away from Him. That I'm going back to page 21 now at the top. Many different plans to bring a person closer to Godliness. There's two ways. Either through Kiruv Ashpah Meruba, a person, Hashem gives him a great Kiruv, a great closeness, a lot of blessings. He experiences this and automatically wants to come closer to Godliness. And the second way is through Bitush Rarichuk Chas A person experiences trials and tribulations, Yisudim, and that wakes him up and makes him aware of his connection to Godliness. So here we're saying this idea that the person will experience this, Yisudim 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 which is expressed in this this Maimir Chazal, in the Chaldim Shem Deshot, there is no time, there is no person who doesn't experience this turning to godliness, which comes from an arousal from above. There comes to a certain time, such a time, when by the person, all of a sudden he experiences an inner yearning, an inner um, drawing of the person to godliness, like I said, a hergish pnimi, an inner feeling. A drawing, a natural tendency, a feeling to be, he wants to be drawn to godliness and a deep yearning for spirituality. When he experiences this, he's just then automatically he's being drawn to spirituality and it becomes despised by him, his whole state and the state in which he is in his spiritual state and his Aveda. All of a sudden, he just, just becomes totally despised by it. Like, where, where, where am I? What am I doing with my life? But why am I interested in this grubkite and nidrikite, etc. and coarseness? I'm only drawn after that, and I don't want to grow. 
He becomes totally disgusted with his own state and also from the state of things around him, where he's, the people that he surrounds himself with. Whether it comes to regarding his, the way he acts between himself and Hashem, his personal relationship with Hashem, his love and fear of Hashem, etc., all the different mitzvahs and different chavis lovavis, which are between just between him and Hashem, and also when it comes to the way he acts between him and his fellow man. He becomes totally disgusted with his state, his spiritual state, where he's how he where he's holding in his Avedis Hashem, and also totally disgusted by the state of his friends, which he surrounds himself with. So, meaning that it's, it's as if that all, all of a sudden his eyes, his spiritual eyes become opened. This modem is opening up his spiritual eyes, the eyes of his intellect. He starts seeing clearly, not being stuck just in the coarseness and the physicality of, the, of, of his existence. And he sees all, all of a sudden he sees all the the dirt and the muck, the mud, the spiritual mud, which him and his surroundings are found in. Shehem vuhu that him, that the surroundings and this person nitbu begashmis are totally sunken, are totally drowning in physicality and in coarseness. He's realizing this all of a sudden because this is sayyidu surachimadim opiyam divershav, and this person and all his surroundings, their mouths are just speaking false. And all of their thoughts are just totally negative and evil all day. When he said that the pium, that their their mouths are, are speaking falsely, and their their thoughts and their plans are all evil, what does that mean? That each person we see that everybody is basically just flattering each other with sweet words, smooth words. Meaning not truly meaning what they're what they're saying, just flattering each other to get from each other what they want. I need something from you, so I'm going to take, speak to you in a nice way, without any true feeling behind it and without any true meaning. He doesn't really mean it. He's just saying it as a flattery. And they're satiated with disgusting things within their hearts. I mean, they're just full of. Uh, abominable things which are against the Shem and Tivus, etc. Not only is this person, when he talks to, to his friends in a flattering way, obviously doesn't mean what he's saying. His heart is not with him. He doesn't mean what he's saying. Rather, the person in his heart is actually thinking, his heart is actually whispering to him, and he's, he's planning how I can, how I, how can I push this person away from his Maim and the Matzav? How can I, how can I get him out of his um, whatever, whatever it is, meaning he's just trying to, he's just trying to take away whatever the person has because he's jealous. He's totally jealous about it, this person, everything. So whether it comes to parnasa, he's just trying to think of ways. How can I, how can I mess that person up? And therefore, he's speaking to him flattery, weird words of flattery, which he he doesn't even mean what he's saying. He's just jealous, and he wants to, he wants whatever the person has spiritually, physically, etc. This is the this is the nature of people who are very very lowly and have totally horrible midas to act such in such a way 
to speak just the flattery and not to mean it, but really, Farkert, all they want to do is to push that person away because they're jealous of them. That's the nature of people who are who have bad midas. But however, it says, Hashem will place, he placed it, a, an end to darkness. What does it mean that Hashem has placed an end to darkness? Hashem placed for the world a an end. How many years it's going to be conducting in darkness? Going to be basically led in darkness. There's going to be an end to this darkness, and how how long the whole the whole world is just going to be within a dark state? What does it mean? My time. Uh, what, what, what's the reason that Hashem put an end to this darkness? Because what is this darkness? It's a spiritual darkness. As long as the Yitzhar, the evil inclination is within the world existing, so then automatically there's this thick darkness and the shadow of death are within the worlds, within the world. Basically just a spiritual darkness that takes us over. And therefore, there's this, this matzav that people can be totally uh, jealous of each other and just flattering each other without having true feelings behind what they're saying, not really meaning what they're saying, and people can act in such a way. But Hashem said, there's going to be an end to this darkness that the Yitzhah is going to rule. Like this verse implies that this idea of darkness is spiritual darkness, which comes from the Yitzhah. The Medrash continues, when the Yitzhah is uprooted from the world, then there won't be any darkness in within the world and spiritual darkness this is the idea of the Hashem placing the end to the darkness within the world when the Yitzhah will be uprooted from the world then automatically we'll see things in a clear way and we'll see the spirituality and not just be uh, distracted by the physical and the coarseness and so too this applies this not only is there a general that Hashem will put an end to when Mashiach comes, Hashem will put an end to this darkness by uprooting the Yitzhah harder from the world, but so too, this spiritual darkness exists within a personal spiritual darkness, within every single person. So not only there is, going, is there going to be an end to this spiritual darkness in the world when Mashiach comes, but also within a person that when from above, Hashem has mercy on the person. And it comes his time. Like we said, that every person has his time where Hashem will wake him up from above and help him, his heart turn to godliness, turn back to Hashem. So when Hashem has mercy from above on that person and brings an end to his spiritual darkness, and it comes his time that there should be an end to his spiritual darkness, and his eyes are opened all of a sudden to see his spiritual state where he's holding in his service to Hashem, that he's in a very, very evil and a very bad state. And all of a sudden he comes aroused to better his ways and to stand in a in a good way, in an upright way. So when he experiences the spiritual awakening, the beginning, the first thing that he has to focus on in his bettering of himself and being able to be in a matzav tzoyiv, in a good state, is the service of prayer. And what should he focus on as a service of prayer? It should be in his prayer, should be in a way of Mesir and Nesina, totally dedicated and given over to Hashem. That's what he's focusing on when he's davening. This is a time when I need to rededicate myself to Hashem's mission and to Hashem in general and to Hashem's will. 
and to arouse within himself a inner enthusiasm, a inner feeling for godliness, and also, more simply, to make sure that he davens in one place, not to move around and walking around during davening, which totally takes away from his concentration and his ability to be aroused in this true inner feeling and dedication to Hashem. Like it says in Kutchus Atzfila, the different Eitzis, for a person before he starts davening into daven chalal. So it says that he should stand in one place, and and also make sure that his davening is with, said out loud, not just without any, without any um, just whispering, because the koil is made of the kavana. When you say something out loud, it's, it arouses your concentration more. And he said, and make sure that his davening is with the inner arousal of the heart, which comes from the contemplation of the greatness of Hashem, like we spoke about earlier. So that is the kate sam even though a person can be in such a bad state, Hashem put an end to this darkness, general within the world, and also particular, personally, Hashem, there's no person that will not experience a turning of his heart to godliness, and just has to be aware of it, and not let it just be fleeting, and not let it go away, but to take action, and start focusing on his Avedis Atfila, when he experiences his spiritual awakening, make sure his Avedis Atfila is with a dedication, a time where he rededicates himself to his mission within this world and try to make it a time where he arouses the inner feeling for godliness. Stand in one place, make sure you're saying the words out loud and trying to arouse a feeling within your heart. It's the end of Sif Base. Now, Sif Gimel, we don't finish the whole thing, we'll get to the top of the next page. So now we can understand the deeper meaning of this request. That David Melech says, which is really for every single Jewish person, that please Hashem unite our hearts to love and fear your name. That being that the whole purpose, like we said in the beginning of the Bible, the ultimate purpose of prayer, of the service of heart, which is the service of prayer, is to arouse love and fear. And when you arouse your love and fear during the time of prayer, besides the fact that if without this arousal, his prayer is not accepted favorably above by Hashem, because you're missing the whole purpose, the whole point of prayer, and therefore you're not truly engaged and involved in it in a real way. So therefore your prayer is not accepted favorably above. Besides that, like we said earlier, Upon your service of prayer is dependent your service of Tehidah Mitzvah, the way that you're going to fulfill Tehidah Mitzvah, and the way that you're going to act with your Midas Tevis the whole day. Like we said, that is going to infuse within your day an inner vitality and enthusiasm in your learning of Tehidah. It's going to help you recognize when you learn Tehidah, not just that you're just learning another type of wisdom, but rather that you're actually learning the words of Hashem. And when you do Mitzvah, you're going to have an inner Geshmak, pleasure in your connection to Hashem. And the way that you're going to act in your chalal, in your business affairs, and how you go about your day is going to be infused with an awareness that you're doing it for Hashem. It should be L'Hashem Shemayim. So, these the arousal of love and fear during, during tefillah, not only causes that your prayer should be accepted favorably by Hashem, but also causes that it infuses within your whole day, it should be in a lot more godly way. Your Tehidah should be with enthusiasm, and the way that you act also should be with the kavana. A godly intent. So concerning this, this is the request we ask from Hashem: Please unify our hearts, so that we should have, we should love and fear Your name. But we should have this love and fear during davening, 
and therefore a whole day, our prayer should be accepted favorably, and our whole day should be infused with a this love and fear, with this feeling, this inner feeling for godliness. That we're asking from Hashem that from above, Hashem should have mercy on the person that he should experience this this unification of his hearts, which is a interesting view. It's a saying that unify our hearts, not just all of our hearts, the Jewish people, but even within every single person. He's saying, please unify our hearts, plural, that implying that there's two hearts in order that we should love and fear your name. Please have mercy from above that we should have this experience, this idea of unifying of the hearts. The age basing on because there's two ideas expressed in this request. One is unification of the hearts. And the second part is that this unification of the hearts should be for the sake of that we should experience this love and fear of your name. So there's two ideas. This just the etzim inyan of the, the the unifying of the hearts, and the second that these unifying of the hearts should bring to loving and fearing your name. Meaning that there's two. These are two types of divine service in the unification of the hearts. From both of them come a love and fear of Hashem. But there's two types of love and fear. Meaning there's one that's just focused on the unifying the hearts, which brings to one type of love and fear. And then there's a second, which your whole purpose of the unifying the hearts is to bring to love and fear. There is love and fear, which comes from the just the um, unification of the hearts. And then there is a, a love and fear of Hashem, which is experienced from the, which comes about from the um, unification of the hearts, which this unification is all only for the sake of experiencing the love and fear. And these are the higher levels of a love and fear, when the unification of the hearts is for the sake of being aroused in love and fear. So now we have questions. In general, what, we have to understand what is the idea of the unification of the hearts in general. What does this imply? Unifying our hearts. What are these two hearts? And what are we unifying? Why are we unifying them? And what is this second idea? The unifying of the hearts for the sake of being aroused with love and fear of your name, Hashem. We also can understand why it says the order what it says the ava to love and to fear your name. It, it prefaces love to fear. Turning to the page now, seemingly the service, divine service of arousing love is a lot greater service from the of, of divine service of arousing fear. Like sages say that greater is the person who does his divine service out of out of love than one who serves Hashem out of fear. When a person is serving Hashem out of love, that comes. There's a, he's a lot more interested. He's doing things for the sake of Hashem more, whereas he's just doing it out of fear. It could be he's just doing it because he's not truly interested in his relationship with Hashem, but he's just doing it because he's scared that he'll get punished, etc. So it's a lot greater. So why would it? Why would it preface? Um, over here, it says, um, to love and to fear your name. So the, the avayda of love is a lot greater. Like the sages say, And we know that the whole idea of divine service has to be in an orderly fashion, from level to level. You can't skip levels. That's not the way of divine service. Everything in, when it comes to avayda has to be, has to be in an orderly fashion. The idea of just going... From one level to another level, without any, without any direction, without any proper ascent, it's not how it works in our approaching of Hashem. In Cain, except for with tshuva, but in general, the divine service, the general veda, 
has to be an Asedir Adragam. So, if so, it should have prefaced fear to, to love. Because that is the, the way in divine service is from the easier to the more, to the more intense, to the harder. And to start from the easier, which is Yira, which is a lower level, the relationship of Hashem, when you just arouse with fear and awe and reverence, and then to eventually proceed to the next higher level of love. So then why over here does it preface love to fear? So this is where we'll stop, four lines from the top of 23, um, before we go on to answer these questions.